0: Welcome to this remastered version of a 2015 series called Jaja Radio. This series was made possible by a community grant from the Mount Alexander Shire Council. Created for Main FM to be aired as short 5-10 minute segments to highlight and celebrate local Indigenous culture past and present. The series was shortlisted for the 2016 Reconciliation Victoria Heart Awards. For ease of listening, we've edited them together into 30 to 40 minute episodes and have linked episodes by theme rather than representing the order that they were originally broadcast in. So every time you hear the didgeridoo, you'll know it's the beginning or the end of an episode. We hope you enjoy it.
1: Listening to a glimpse into the history and culture of the Jajawaran people,
0: presented by Uncle Rick Nelson and Ali Hanley. Today we've got Alvin Darcy Briggs with us, and he is a local didgeridoo player. How do you guys know each other?
2: Rick's known
1: my dad and auntie. Yeah. Uh, I used to work with, with Alvin's auntie, mm. but but I, I met him when he moved
0: here. So. Yeah. And whereabouts are you from? I've moved around
2: a little bit. I've spent uh, some time in New South Wales. I grew up in Melbourne and uh, I recently moved from Shepparton.
0: Yeah, cool. And when did you start playing Didgeridoo?
2: Uh, ever since I can remember, really. It's just always been in the family and so I really who- started getting into it around 10, 11. Yeah, yeah For cool. school and stuff, performances
0: too. So who showed – was it like your dad or your uncle or someone who showed you how to play? Uh, yeah, I can't really say anybody showed me in, in particular. particular. Nah.
2: But um, it's just – I just loved it and wanted to keep going at it, so.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah. And I understand it's something that is uh, – something only men are really allowed to play?
2: Yeah, that is a bit of a – that's an old rule, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh,
0: and one of the things that you need to be able to do to play the dig is l- – Learned circular breathing. Yep. Can you explain what yeah. that is and and how long it took you to figure that out?
2: Well, that's um, so you can breathe it out of your mouth into the ditch and breathing in through your nose at the same time. And I practiced that a lot through with just the straw in a in a drink or and try to keep keep the bubbles going.
0: Yeah, right. So. And did it take a while to get it right?
2: Oh uh, yeah, but I just kept at it. Constantly for a few weeks and, yeah,
1: picked it up pretty easy, really. Yeah. So what you sort of do is build up that um, extra extra thing of, of air in your mouth and, and you blow it out when you're taking a breath through your nose.
0: So you sort of hold it in your mouth while you're breathing through your yeah, nose. Yeah, that's a
2: good way to start practising is to, yeah. yeah. But uh, as you get better, you, it sort of just flows a bit better too. But
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get dizzy from the from playing for a long time? Uh, yeah, after a while, it can get pretty dizzy. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, yeah. Uh, so, how do you know how didgeridoos are made? Yeah,
1: for termites. Yeah, just, just termites. Termites and old um. Well, they don't have to be old, even. And um, just termites getting into trees and eating out the trees. Um,
0: so when you see a dig, is it usually the trunk of a youngish tree? Or is it a branch?
1: I think it's usually a branch, eh? Hey? Um,
2: yeah, well, it depends on the trees, too. Like, we use more of the, like, mallee tree. That's sort of, like, perfect for digits down this way, anyway.
0: So it's got to be kind of a hardwood...
2: Yeah, well, it depends. Different areas have different trees, so you'll get different sounds. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, different trees will give off a different vibration for the timber. Yeah, wow.
0: And
1: they, they tune them now, you know, and tune length, tune to A and C and, and all
0: that. Really? You know, so yeah. Wow. And one thing I've noticed at the at the mouth of the ditch where you're blowing in, there's a wax seal. What does yep. that do? Oh, that's just for,
2: because um, the hole might be a little bit too big on some ditches some turn out they're good size but if it's a little bit too big you just give a bit of wax on the top to help seal it around your lips
0: so you can't let air in it's your mouth has got to kind of seal the top of it to yeah yeah
2: yeah. keep your lips um yeah vibrating i guess yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah cool and um We've got some examples of uh, you playing the ditch. What I know you can do some special effects and sound effects through it. What can you explain some of them?
2: Yeah, uh, well, you can get um different tones and stuff through the way you hold your tongue and and um you purse your lips and tighten yeah. your lips and you can uh, deepen the sound and with your like um with your breath and stuff.
0: Do you use your voice through as yeah. well?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, you can get them um, the familiar kookaburra sound and stuff. Yeah.
0: So how many animals do you, do you mimic lots of different animals?
2: Uh, no, I've never really... I've always just... I've never really done it professionally. I've just had it at home and always played it, so...
0: It sounds amazing yeah. when you play. Yeah. It's got that really... Oh, those. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the different timbers, some can just turn out real bassy and... Yeah, different digits, different sounds, too. But a lot of good digits seem to come from, like, Queensland. That The timbers up
1: there are... Pretty good for perfect. it. ...perfect, yeah. I reckon the timbers in Victoria are awesome. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
0: That was Alvin Darcy-Briggs having a chat to Rick and I about playing the didgeridoo. Last week... We heard from Montana, who is one of the students from the meeting place. And this week, we're going to hear from Montana's mum, Sarah Moore. How long have you been in Castlemaine town? Um,
3: I've moved back about two years ago, so but been here on and off for over ten years.
0: Uh, your daughter Montana and your son Zeppelin both go to the meeting place once yeah. a fortnight. What's what's your family heritage? What's your background, and how how are you linked to? Indigenous culture. Uh,
3: yeah. um, it's from my dad's side. So um, my great grandfather, I think, was part of the um, Stolen Generation. And um, yeah. So There's,
0: do you actually um, know where they're from? No, we
3: don't know. No, we've got the, the last of the information that can be handed in so we can find it out. But um, both my father's parents were like dead by the time he was about 13, 14. And um, so he had a little sister. She went to foster care and then he went and lived with his 16-year-old brother. And um, they had no cousins, no aunties, no uncles because you, you don't know. You, don't, you have no extended family where you know where you're from. So basically, yeah, now um, my father was killed in a motorbike accident and the rest of of our uncles and aunties are all dead so there's just sort of there's no one left there's one brother and one auntie and that's that's the only thing i have to my dad's family wow
0: and where are they are they close by they're in melbourne yeah yeah wow um that's the that's the tragedy of that whole period of time is that so many families were broken up and people don't know
4: where they've come from and you don't don't know who your family is it's really
3: hard as well like losing my dad and then losing so many like other people like from my dad's side um you know not having like anyone that you can be close to and feel a connection to the ones that you know have passed on Mm -hmm. that's what makes it the hardest that you just you can't have any sort of connection at all Mm -hmm. you know and sort of it's like yeah you don't belong in one world but then you don't know where you're from in another and it's yeah it's pretty yeah
0: But you've Um. been uh, sort of adopted by the local Indigenous community here. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, The Nelsons, Rick, has been very open and i know his dad was very open and and welcoming to lots of people as yeah, well. yeah
3: rick's really good he sort of like got me on a little apprenticeship <laughs> on learning all the local knowledge and and stuff so yeah he's really good
0: yeah great. Yeah. and so i also hear that you uh enjoy doing some rapping yeah <laughs> <laughs> where did you first start doing that how old were you
3: I, when i was a teenager so yeah um i guess losing so many loved ones um yeah um you know, in music was an outlet to sort of, you know, help you get through the pain and the anger and, and all the, the different stuff. So without yeah. music, you know, I don't think I would have survived the things I have over the years. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So, where have you rapped and who have you rapped with, and what's what's okay. the culture like? Like, a, a, you know.
3: um, the Australian hip hop. It's it's like a small family. It's you know, I mean, it's changed a lot these days. There's a lot more sort of coming in, and you get a lot more coming in and trying to be a bit more Americanized. Um, yeah. But the old school Aussie hip hop, you know, started back about twenty years ago, whatever. And um, yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a place where everyone sort of. You know, you can come from all different walks of life or, you know, especially down in Melbourne there's different gangs, different, you know, um, groups and crews and stuff. But when you're there, like, in a room, you know, that's all forgotten about and you're only there for the music, you know. And it's sort of we always used to, like, open a gig and used to say, if you want any beef, go to the butchers, you know, because we're all just here to have a good time. So it's it's good like that. And, um, like, with it, I like Australian hip-hop, I like a lot um, because it's not so much like the American gangster rap and whatever where they're, you know, they sort of sing about rap about the same sort of things you know in australian hip-hop you get a lot like rapping about society and the younger generations and the changes that we want politics religion um you know that sort of stuff so i like you know that it can be a bit more real
0: yeah Yeah, sure not just about um fast cars and shiny bling yeah yeah that's right Yeah. yeah um and have you done any lately
3: no, I still write. I still write. But um yeah, haven't um haven't been doing any gigs. I haven't, yeah, sorta of done anything. Need to get in the studio and start recording a bit. But um yeah, yeah, it's you know it's changed a lot here. Like in Castlemaine, there used to be a lot, a lot more hip hop and different things going on. Um, it's sort of yeah, it's not a bigger group, you know, into it these days. I think they have a lot more, um, you know, going on over in Bendigo,
0: if anything. Yeah, sure. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Can you um, give us a little sample? <laughs>
3: I'm just saying how it is, I'm not trying to be mean. On myself, I depend and on myself, I can lean. I can pay my own bills, I can run my own home. I can get through the night when I'm feeling all alone. You're not worth my freedom or my independence. You can't buy my love with money, i got too much common sense. I cry on my own shoulder and i got my own back. I'm a fighter, I'm a soldier in a strength I don't lack. Insecure pride is the only thing you pack. And you know deep down what I'm stating is a fact. Time is precious, love is short, love makes the world go round. But as long as i got babes, that night I sleep sound. I'm not dumb, and know your thoughts, what's running through your mind, that you think that it's a waste when I'm such a deadly fine, but that's the thing, I'm unique, I guess I'm one of a kind, I've chose to be a mum and leave the bull all behind, because peeps are needy, riding solo blows their mind, oh my heart and it's whole, ain't some other man's half, ain't about to give it out, please you make me laugh.
0: That was Sarah Moore rapping for us and telling us a little bit about her life. In two thousand and fifteen, Continuing Ed ran an Indigenous food cooking course, which also involved a little bit of gardening. I went along on their last day to have a chat to some of the teachers and the students.
4: My name is Lisa Musket. I am um, the gardening guru, so I am one to show people how to do the gum, do seedlings and cuttings and the root systems and stuff like that. So, what sort of
0: plants have we got here in this garden?
4: We've got moon We've got some. Um, uh, we've got some pig face. We have old man's weed. So, you've, have you built these
0: garden beds specifically for these plants?
4: Um, yep, they don't need much water, so they has got to be very, very dry. Because a lot of these plants do live out in the bushes and stuff, so they don't need much water. So you got to have them very, very, very dry. Um, not much maintaining. So it's my kind of plant. Yep. <laughs> Just little, little bits of water. Talk to me about the murnong. I know that's a familiar name around here. Um, the murnong has a lot of, um, we can actually eat the root system. So inside the plant you don't get much at the top, but down the bottom you get a lot of root system in there and there's a nice big chunky beet that you can cut up, put in salads and stuff like that. But um, very good to eat, very good for you. And, and this is a
0: food that um, people locally
4: here have been eating
0: for forever.
4: Oh, for generally years, and not many people know about it, so it's actually good to get people to know what they can actually eat in the bush.
0: So how would you recognise a murnong if you're walking in the bush? How would you find one?
4: Um, you look at this by the stems of the flower. It's not much. It's only like a little like little pebbles of a thing, and then you look up see a big stem, and then you have like a little yellow flower comes out.
0: That's great. So um, tell us about pig face. I've got that in my garden. It's kind of a succulent.
4: It is like a succulent. They don't need much water either. They grow wild. Um, You can actually eat that. And actually in the leaves, if you actually pull it out, there's a lot of water in it. So if you're ever in the wild and you need to have a drink and you've got no water, find pig face because you can get a lot of... um, Drew out of that, and um, when they act flower, they have a little bulb on it, and it's actually salted, so you can actually eat them and cook them and eat them as well.
0: So eat the salty seed pod.
4: Yeah, they eat the seed pod. Yeah. Can I ask you some questions about you? How did you find out about so many of these plants? Um, well, I, I like flower plants, so I've through tips through other people, um, through learning and asking things, mould people and stuff like that, that's how I learnt to do seedlings and grow plants and yeah that's how I learnt for asking people and you know getting vices and stuff and you've got to try and you try and you learn, give it a go and if it doesn't work well you know that's not going to bloody work then well you? <laughs> <laughs> Jacinta,
0: you've been doing this course for uh, a few couple of months now, um, What what's your favourite plant that you've learnt about?
4: Well, the pig face, I was involved in planting that and I just like the way it can sort of grow over the edges and become very beautiful, so I like that. A lot of them it's interesting because people will think that nothing's happening here because they actually die off totally die off on their um, above ground so that's why we sort of put um, information here so people can know that there is something growing here even though there's no evidence of it. So I think that's really interesting because I, f- I find that at home like different times a year you find things and they're not there at other times a year. What else have you learnt during this course? Um, some interesting things about local Jara culture that Um, Julie and the others have shared with us so that's been really interesting just hanging out with people and talking to people that's been one of the most that's one of the best things one of the best ways to learn
0: That was Lisa Musket telling us about some of the plants that she has taught about in the Indigenous food course that was run at Continuing Ed in 2015 and then we also heard from Jacinta Walsh who was commenting on her experiences within the course In 2015, Continuing Ed ran an Indigenous cooking course where students learnt about Indigenous plants. They planted some of the plants and they also cooked with them. On the last day of the course, I went along as everyone was preparing for a big feast. So you can hear some of the kitchen noises in the background as I speak to one of the students, Janet. Did you know anything about indigenous plants and cooking before
5: you joined this class? Uh, I know a bit about cooking, so I've got a bit of a food background, but I didn't know anything about indigenous plants. So, um, the you know, everybody around here seems to think the Murnongs, you know, like this fantastic staple food, and, and we learnt that it actually wasn't. It was, um, it was of course, a staple, but it wasn't the staple. So we, we've learnt um, that it, it's a seasonal thing, so when it flowers in the spring, Time that's when um, Indigenous people traditionally ate it, Um, but all year round they actually eat um, the bulbine lily, pike lily. Yeah, so um, I've got one sitting at home, which is great, so I've been watching it all through. So we've been doing this course for 10 weeks, so it started in the spring, and so we've been able to watch the plants those underneath plants underground plants as Julie calls them um, watch what happens to them so and we've planted the garden just outside the continuing ed kitchen so yeah we'll see what happens over the next over the summer and then we'll be able to come back and watch what happens in the springtime again hopefully
0: and in terms of
5: the cooking side of things what have you been learning to cook with yeah well we've been using lots of um indigenous i guess you'd call them spices or yeah i think spices is the best word for them things like things that i would never tasted that's the exciting thing about it is about tasting things that you've never tasted before and so i mean apart from what we ate like straight out of the ground which was really interesting in and of itself, there's also what we've been cooking with has been Things like aniseed myrtle, lemon myrtle, a lot of people know about. We've been so we've been eating lots of saltbush, which was really salty, and it made my uh, like I kept tasting it, tasting it, going mmm, that's tasty, that's tasty. And then by the time I got home, I it felt like I'd eaten a bucket of popcorn. It was like so salty. You did I didn't realise because it was just subtle. Anyway, um, what we're eating today is we've got kwandong and strawberry muffins and we've been eating rye berries which is another one so we've used in the cooking stuff we've used stuff from all over Australia um, and then some particular things we've just been sampling because there's not a lot of it that's made commercially you know from here so it's only the stuff that we can grow in the garden which such as the salt bush. <laughs> So it's just good to add to things, the, the, the flavours. And the aniseed myrtle, like I said, I mean, it's got this amazing aniseed flavour. So there's lots and lots of different things, but they're from all over Australia, not necessarily just from here. So the things that, that we can eat from here, we've planted. So do you think you'll incorporate some of these foods into your cooking now from now on? Definitely, and it and it, what it's done is it's really inspired me to actually look for recipes for um, for things that can grow here, such as warrigal greens, which a lot of people know about, but it grows really well around here. Um, the other things uh, that I've been learning about is wattle seeds. So wattle seeds are something we'll have a wattle seed coffee in a minute. Um, and uh, so, obviously, there's lots of wattles around here, silver and black wattles, and the silver, uh, the silver wattles have, are in seed now, like, so they've got their pods, so I'm about to harvest some locally um, and from my garden, and apparently Worralda seeds I heard yesterday are actually, like, they're really good too. So, you roasted, you roast them, so they get this beautiful nutty flavour, and then you can either eat them... Just like that, or grind them, and that's what we'll use for the coffee. So they're they're ready to harvest now. So yeah, looking forward to that. That was Janet, one of the students of the Indigenous cooking course
0: that Continuing Ed ran in Castlemaine in 2015.
1: You're listening to a glimpse into the history and culture of the Jarawara people
0: presented by Uncle Rick Nelson and Ali Hanley.